If you have your Bibles with you, I want you uh, to turn with me to Matthew 23. It's going to have you turn to Ephesians 5. That's where our message is going to be. But I'm going to start with a couple of verses that popped out to me this morning. And so we'll just look at them real quick here um, as a way to start our message off here with this message being light-hearted. And so before we read from Matthew 23, this is the Word of God, and the variety of places we'll be reading from is God's Word. He speaks to us. And so to settle our hearts here to receive from the Word of God, I'm going to ask you to pray with me as we begin. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time here together as we gather around your Word. And Lord, the things that you've put upon my heart to share today, I'm asking for your grace, your blessing. And, Lord, that you would uh, lead us, guide us by your Spirit as we walk through the Scriptures. And, uh, Father, I pray that uh, as you speak to us that we would also be people who respond to your voice. And, Lord, we not just hear the Word, but we would do what it says. And, Lord, I pray a blessing on the children's ministry as they gather together and learn about Christ and learn from your Word. We ask your grace upon them and the people serving in that area. We thank you for all of these things in Christ's name. Amen. So this morning, my eyes hit this section of Matthew 23, and um, Jesus takes a shot here or calls out the Pharisees. If you remember last week, I talked about the tension of the Pharisees and Jesus. It was the message, I saw the light. And these Pharisees, although they look religious, they're actually spiritually blind. And my eyes hit this here in Matthew 23, and then starting in verse 25. Jesus says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. So we'll stop right there. That kind of sets up where we're going. But uh, obviously last week we talked about those who are spiritually blind and the light comes and penetrates their heart and life and now they can see. And one of those guys was the Apostle Paul. He was in direct opposition to God's people and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus showed up to him, this bright light. Saul went blind physically, but now all of a sudden he can see spiritually. And then a few days later, he ends up getting healed and he can see physically. And God uses the Apostle Paul to advance the kingdom that Paul once opposed. And God uses him to write a lot of the New Testament. And we looked at a couple of those verses last week from 2 Corinthians, and this will be on the screen. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, The God of this age, that is Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And I think Paul would say, that was me. Key word, that was me. But go to verse 6. It says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, he made his light shine where? In our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So the light, Jesus, comes and enters into our lives and he lives in us. 
And today's message is entitled, Light-Hearted. You see with that verse right there, it says he made his light to shine in our hearts. Now, if you go to Ephesians 5, where we're camping out here today, the very first verse, which was our verse of the week, the Bible says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. That is the only way you can have light shining through you, is if you are in Christ. It says, so live as children of light. So with this idea in mind, I want to just do a quick illustration here. But I have this lantern. I'm going to wear this during the message today. And so this lantern, it's one of those where you pull up and it lights up. But as you can see, it's not working. Okay, So God, who's placed eternity in everybody's heart, Okay, the Bible's clear that we are people who have a spirit that's been given to us by God. Okay, and it's either dead or it's alive. Okay, and so we have this spirit, and when we take our last breath here on this earth and our body fails, our spirit will then transition to one of two places. And if your spirit has been made alive, you will get to be in heaven forever. But if you remain spiritually dead, you will be living eternally separated from God in this place called hell. And Jesus talked about hell a lot. He was very serious about it because he came to redeem people from that location. He wants to help you live with him. And so we have this, if you will, this spirit, this this lantern, but it's not lit, okay? And so the Bible is God's revelation of Jesus Christ to us. And so we know that Jesus is the light. We know that we're spiritually dead. The light is not shining in our hearts. And so what's a good uh, way to get to know Jesus? Read the Word, right? And so we as spiritually dead people... The Spirit of God impacts our life. We begin to discover who Jesus is and who we are supposed to be in Christ through the revealed Word of God. And so as we open up the Scriptures, God stirs in us, I think I need to be transformed. I think something needs to happen in my life. And so in 1 John 1, it says, This is the message we've heard from him and announced to you, that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. And if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And so as we read the scriptures, and the Bible is full of scriptures of how we need to receive Jesus Christ into our life for the forgiveness of of sin, and that we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God, but God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And First John goes on to say, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so there's a certain point in our life where we go, I think I need to respond to this gospel message. 
I want that light in my life. I don't want to live in darkness anymore. And so then we change our heart by putting our faith in Christ. Now, this takes three batteries. How convenient. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit coming and living in your life. But we put these in as we say, Lord, I want you in my life. Please forgive me of my sin. Woo, help me no longer to walk in darkness, but that your light would shine within me. And so now we're changed, right? Now we walk around, we look like Iron Man, right? (laughs) Some of you are like, I have no idea who Iron Man is. Just Google it, okay? So now there's something different about me, right? And it's not that I got a haircut, It's that I have the light of Jesus shining in my life. There's a change that happened to me inside of me. I once was darkness, but now I'm full of the light of Jesus Christ. That should make a difference in our life. And so with that in mind, let's carry on here in Ephesians 5. Okay, we'll start again here in verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. The only way I can have light in my life is through God himself. So live then as children of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. And carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that the ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let's begin to unpack what we just read here. So what we know is that this light comes to live in us. You were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. And to also understand that this light that is within you, in verse 9, this light is pure. There's no darkness with this light. In fact, 1 John 5, or excuse me, 1 John 1, verse 5, it says that God is light and in him there is no darkness. And think about it. He comes to take up residence in you. This pure light. Light comes to live in you. Psalm 104, verse 2, it says, The Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. And you were once darkness, now you are light in 
the Lord. And so we live as children of light. Verse 10 says to carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Other translations, that, that word carefully determine would mean actually prove. Prove it. Let there be some fruit in your life that demonstrates this change. And I think in verse 8, when it says we're light in the Lord, live as children of light, it's a call to say, don't live in darkness anymore. The, the old ways in which you used to operate, that, that has gone. You are now living in a new way. Prove it. Don't just give God lip service. Let your light reflect Let your life reflect that it's been touched by the light of God. I know we often close our services with an opportunity for people to respond to the gospel and receive the light of Christ. To receive him as the gift of salvation. And as people receive Christ in their life, there's a change that takes place. They begin to live like there's light that is living inside of them. It's not just some sort of, uh, I made a decision, I prayed a prayer with Pastor Russ, and I checked off this box where I don't have to worry about hell. And This is a transformation. You become a new person. This light changes your life. And what I love about verses 11 through 14 is that this light of Jesus, it exposes evil. Whether it's the evil that, that you're processing, you know, the, the ways of the world that we can get caught up in, and when the light of Christ comes, the Spirit of God begins to speak to those things in our life that need to change. The light exposes those things. This process is called sanctification. And we grow more and more like Christ every day that we're a believer. And one way you can evaluate whether or not you are yielding to the power of God that has been placed within you is you can say, do I look more like Christ today than I did a year ago? And if you're like, well, yeah, the Lord's been working on me. We're a work in progress That should be the other sign I wear with me everywhere I go, right? Not just a lantern, but this under construction sign, right? But there's progress that we should make as Christ is in our life, and that evil is exposed, and the light of Christ also exposes the evil that is going on around us, and someday that will all come under judgment, and and they will have to answer to God Almighty, For the evil that is going on. But for you and I, we answer for ourselves. We will stand before God personally. What are we doing with the light? And we should hope that his light exposes any area of evil that we cling to. Now, if we say that we're struggling with things that are evil, that it feels loaded. But if I say things like, you're struggling with sin, that just seems to feel better, right? But let's expose this. Sin is evil. And when we think about that, the the things that we get caught up in, whether it's, you know, addiction, pride, 
jealousy, gossip, anger, all of that is evil stuff. And the light of God exposes that. And God says, I want to work on that. If we can work on that and you let me touch that area of your life, I want to tell you something. The light will shine brighter. And so we let God minister to us. Verse 14, the light makes everything visible. And so there's a response here. Since God has touched our life, he's transformed us. We now have this light in our life. There's a response here, verses 15 through 20. And I want to walk through each of these verses as our response. The first thing is, is to pursue wisdom. So in verse 15, the Apostle Paul says, Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Well, one of the wisest men to live, besides Jesus coming as man, is King Solomon. He had asked for wisdom, and God gave him wisdom. And in Ecclesiastes 2, he talks about how wisdom is better than foolishness, and he compares it to light and darkness. Wisdom is light, and foolishness is darkness. And in Psalm 119, Solomon's father, King David, says this, Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. And so earlier I said that the scriptures are the revelation of Jesus Christ to man. And so as we get into the scriptures, God begins to, to illuminate things for us, show us how we should live. What does it look like to live wisely? And we seek direction in the word of God. Psalm 119 also says in verse 105, your word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Verse 130, the opening up of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the childlike. And then also in Psalm 119, verse 8, the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. And so how do we gain wisdom in our life? I mean, if we're going to live as children of light, just like Paul is saying to do, the first response is we should pursue wisdom. We pursue wisdom. The Bible calls Christ himself wisdom. And how do we pursue Christ? We get to know him more. And the scriptures are the revelation of Jesus Christ unto us. Another response here in verse 16, how to live as children of light, it says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And so you have to make a decision that I'm going to live my life on purpose. I'm not just going to get up every day and go through the motions. God has given me breath. He's given me this day for a reason. And so I'm going to make the most of every opportunity. And that means if you're having a great day or you're having a horrible day, make the most of every opportunity. And we seek the Lord. And it says, because these days are evil. And there's another passage here that the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 13. He says, you know how late it is. Time is running out. So wake up for your, found, for your salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. 
The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. So don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity or immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Who is Paul writing to in Romans? He's writing to Christians and he says to them, Don't indulge your evil desires. There's that word evil again. How do we expose those evil desires? We let the light shine on that. And that might be uncomfortable. But God wants to sanctify us. He wants to change us. He wants to shape us and mold us. And so in verse 17, another response here is we live on purpose. How do we live on purpose? We say, okay, well, then I want to seek what the Lord wants. The Apostle Paul says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. I want to live on purpose. Okay, well, then I need to seek what the Lord wants me to do. It also says in 1 Thessalonians 5, again, from the Apostle Paul, For you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night, so be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Right? Don't act thoughtlessly. Be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. So we need to be very thoughtful. So we say we want to live on purpose. Well, I want to seek the Lord's will then. What does God want to do with my day today? Ask him to guide you and and lead you. I continue to reference the scriptures. But if you want to know what God wants you to do, seek him. It's that simple. Seek him. Lord, how do I live on purpose? Seek him. He'll show you. Look, if if God didn't show up when people are seeking him, then he'd be made out to be a liar because in the scriptures it says the one who seeks him with all their heart, you're going to find him. That's what the scriptures say. You want to know what God wants for your life? Seek him. He'll show you. He will show you. I think one of the purest prayers people can pray is, Lord, what do you want me to do? We don't ask that very often sometimes. We just kind of do our own thing. But we seek God's will. Verse 18. Be filled with the Spirit. So this verse says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, I want to talk about this for just a second. Obviously, the illustration here is, you know, when we seek the Lord, 
in the scriptures and asking the Spirit of God to fill us, when you are asking the Lord to do those things, you're living outside of the natural. You're tapping into the supernatural. Does that make sense? Because remember, who is it that's living in you? It's God. He's supernatural. And so if I want to live in ways that aren't natural, i got to tap in to the supernatural. i got to seek the Lord and ask him, fill me. And there's things that you do on that. Again, how do you fill your life with the Spirit of God? The scriptures are inspired by the Word. You fill your life with the scriptures. Fill your life with the things that God would want to do. And also, being careful about the things that you participate in, the things that you view, the things that you uh, take into your spirit. In Luke 11, verses 34 through 35, it says, Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. And when your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. So make sure that light you think you have is not actually darkness. The things we take in with with all the senses that we might have, we can take things in that are spiritually dark or we can take things in that are spiritually light. And so what is it that we're consuming? And I know, too, the context here of this whole your eye is the lamp if you look in Matthew chapter 6, when it, have you ever heard that passage where don't worry about tomorrow? Right? Tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Right? And God's going to provide for your needs and, and all of that. And to think about the, the things that we can get caught up in, the desires for more. Right? And we live in that culture. Uh, I want more. I want, what are you going to get me for Christmas? Right? We, we celebrate Thanksgiving, and then we live in a culture that's got all kinds of ads for more stuff that you can buy that weekend. We just want more. We have this appetite. So that passage, the eye, is the, this lamp. Think of that. We live in such a material world that we look around and we want this, we want that, and we, we want all of this for our own satisfaction, for our own desires. Be careful with that. Because then you'll start building your own kingdom rather than the kingdom of God. Be filled with the Spirit. And I think it's also, uh, just I think while we're here, while we're on this verse, I had a conversation one time about drunkenness. And this was before that I really changed my life. Okay? And I, I should say before God really changed my life. But confession to you, I was somebody who, who partied before God really grabbed a hold of me and changed me. And so it's interesting. I'd be having conversations with somebody about how drunkenness is not okay, but yet I was still going out and doing that myself. What a hypocrite. You're staring at a hypocrite. Were. I, well. <laughs> so the key words there is God changed me. But I remember this conversation. They said, well, that verse says don't get drunk with wine. I mean, look at all these other options. 
here. And even then, even though I wasn't following with what God wanted, I'm like, that is dumb. That is not what that means. I mean, I knew I was sinning with my drunkenness. But we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when it talks about drunkenness, look at what Paul says. That will ruin your life. And I've been in ministry long enough to have seen how that ruins people's lives. If the light of Christ is in you, let him expose every area of our life that he wants to touch and change. Verse 19, another response here is to worship specifically with music. With music. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Again, your eye is like a lamp, but think of all the other senses that you have. You can fill your day with junk when it comes to music, whatever station you might like to listen to, or you can fill it with the things of God. And so thank the Lord for Christian radio stations and, you know, different channels that you can tune into that that give you godly music all day long. We're to fill our lives And whether or not you think you can sing, the Bible says sing. You might go, I don't sing because I'm not a good singer. It's interesting. You should read Ephesians 5.19. There's no little like parentheses there. Unless you're a bad singer, then don't. Okay? We sing. There is something about music. And God uses that. And one of the books of the Bible that is filled with uh, these songs is the Psalms. Psalm 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? Psalm 76 verse 4, God, you are radiant with light, more majestic than mountains that are rich with game. Psalm 4 verse 6 it says, many, Lord, are asking, who will bring us prosperity? And then it says, let the light of God's face shine on us. These are songs. So we sing about the Lord. We worship him with music. But how many of you also know that worship isn't just about music and singing? Worship is a way of life. Paul would also go on to say in Romans 12 that we offer our bodies to him to say, God, whatever you want to do with my life, let's do it. That is your spiritual act of worship, not just singing. The last verse of response here is to be thankful. Be thankful. Paul says, give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. God's will for those who are in Christ, this is from 1 Thessalonians 5, is that you live lives of thankfulness. James 1 verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. So we receive these blessings from the Lord and we should be thankful. And if we live with this sense of 
I don't know, like we, we become almost jaded with the grace of God that's touched our lives. We take things for granted. We don't live this life of gratitude and thanksgiving. There's a strong warning for us in Romans 1. Again, Paul writing here through the Spirit of God, Romans 1.21, it says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Next week, we're going to talk about shining our light for the world to see, having the courage to, to share this light with other people. But before you even speak a word, you realize that you are shining the light with the way you live, right? And so one of the clear-cut ways that people can tell there's something different about you is the gratitude that you have in your life. The light is still there, but when we look at a verse like Romans 1.21, it says that the, your hearts will be darkened. It's like we're, we're sort of shielding this light by our attitude and by the way we treat other people and the things that we say. And, but we, we should live as people who are thankful. And so here's the list of the response again. You want to live as children of light, pursue wisdom, live on purpose, how do you live on purpose? Seek God's will. God, what do you want? And then as you carry out God's plans for your life, ask him to fill you with the spirit. Because you cannot do the supernatural in your natural flesh. You need him to fill you. And we worship him. And we live lives of gratitude. And my closing verse here in Ephesians 1.18 this is my prayer for you, just as it was Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. He says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. May your heart be flooded with light. And when he does that, you begin to understand God in all kinds of new ways. And some of you remember when, when you first received the light of Christ, and it seemed like every time you picked up the scriptures, you're like, oh my goodness, it says that? That's amazing. And we begin to learn more and more about who God is, and we continue to understand him more and more each day. And the hope that we have, because the light that lives within us, He's given us this light and this confident hope as his people, as we're called. And we're called to be holy. And as we submit more and more to the light of Jesus Christ, you will live holy. So with today's message, go back one slide if you could. If you're a believer and the light of Christ is already in you, I want you to just consider this list and say, God, which of these do you want to shed some light on?
with that very first one, you could ask the Lord this, Lord, is there any way in which I've been living foolishly? Shed light on that. Ask the Lord to help you in that area. He will. He will. But what of those areas would you desire God's help with? Ask him to help you. And the second point of application is for anybody that's listening right now that, that you've, you've not made this transition and you're walking around and God has not touched you in a way where his light is in you. If you want the light of God in your life, if you want him to save you from the darkness, from your sin, and to redeem you with his light, all you need to do is come to him and ask for forgiveness and receive him by grace through faith. And if you desire that today, I'm going to lead you in that prayer to receive the light. May your day of salvation be today. May you go from darkness to light. And that when you walk out of this place today, you can say, yeah, I was once darkness, but now I'm light in the Lord. Would you pray with me as we close? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time in your word. Here in this Advent season, we reflect and we remember the light of Jesus Christ that came to this dark world. And that this light would give his life so that we would no longer have to walk in darkness. And Father, if there's someone listening right now that would desire to receive the light of Jesus Christ, then I invite you to, to receive Jesus and to ask for forgiveness of your sin that separates you from God. Just pray with me in your heart right now to receive that light. Just say, Jesus, today I want you in my life. I'm asking today that you would forgive me of my sin and help me to walk in the light of Christ. Today I receive this gift of salvation that was paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And this forgiveness of my sin I receive by grace through faith. And I ask that you would help me to walk as a child of light. No longer living in the ways in the world of darkness. But living each day. Leaning into your wisdom, desiring to live on purpose and seeking your will, being filled with your spirit and worshiping you with my life, singing praises unto you and living a life full of gratitude. Thank you for this gift today. And Father, for all of us, in response, help us to live by the Spirit. Lord, our, 
our fleshly ways that are evil, I pray you'd continue to expose them with your light. And I'm asking for your grace on each and every one of us. In Jesus' name.